Welcome to Get World Savvy, a podcast where we break down global business models, trends, and opportunities you haven't heard about so you can be a step ahead when you're ready to launch your next big thing. All right. Welcome back to episode two of Get World Savvy. Last time, Ivy and I just introduced ourselves. We talked about some macro themes that we care about in the future of work and future of education space. This time we're going to do something a little different. When we put together season two, we started to think about what angle we want to explore. And, and we decided that this season was going to be a lot around business ideation and coming up with ways of looking at different markets and thinking about how we would tap into those markets. One thing that we did was we offered a free gift um, to anyone who wanted to learn a bit more about how we think about these things. We put together an ebook that has 30 business ideas and four ideation frameworks that you can use to figure out what new big thing you want to go after. So we'll talk a bit about those frameworks in this episode, as well as a few of our favorite ideas from the ebook. Yeah. So I'll just get started. One of my favorite frameworks that I actually use to teach at Betacamp for these total beginner entrepreneurs that are teens and how to brainstorm business ideas is I tell them to try to find a niche in a really big market. And this could be just trying to differentiate yourself from existing competitors by targeting a totally different demographic or customer base with a more niche down problem. So a really good example is Saran Wrap. Um, Saran Wrap, you can get the $1, $2 kind from Costco or a grocery store, or you can also charge $8, $10 on a very eco-friendly, sustainable beeswax saran wrap or a lid for your bowl. Another example is you can buy an $8 Amazon mouse or $10 no-name brand kind of mouse, or you can buy a $200 gamer mouse or $500 ergonomic mouse. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. I like that one. So that was the picking a niche of a big market. Another framework that we talk about in the ebook is this idea of uh, a two by two matrix. And for this, this framework, we call it old problem, new problem, old solution, new solution. So imagine on each of those axes, you have old problem, new solution, and new problem, old solution, right? And in each of those quadrants, the one that you want to avoid is the one that's in old problem, old solution, right? So if you're trying to think of the new innovative thing, you don't want to just reapply the same uh, solution to the same existing problem, right? That, that, that wouldn't be a, a way of building a new business. But if you were to look at each of those three other quadrants, you might find something insightful about a different way of go to, going to market and different way of building a business. So for example, if you were to try to think about a new problem and a new solution, one of the ideas that we talk about in the ebook is the idea around a verified and internet speed verifier, right? So when you go and book on Airbnb, often the landlords will say that they have internet, you know, most houses these days have internet, but there's obviously a lot of differences between, you know, high internet speed and low internet speed, congested areas, et cetera. If you were able to have this third-party service that could tell you in certain locations where you should go to find the fastest internet, that could be one simple solution that provides quite a bit of value because, you know, especially for digital nomads or folks who require internet access to do their work, that's hugely valuable. So that's a new problem because, you know, finding fast internet speeds is relatively new and it's a new solution because that third party service doesn't um, exist yet. If we were to do one of these other quadrants, so for example, an old solution 
to a new problem. We could talk about something that's going on right now, right? We're in the middle of a pandemic that creates a new problem because people can't travel, but an old solution could be something like a subscription box, right? So there's the idea of being able to travel around the world from the comfort of your own home. So if you could get a subscription box that's full of different souvenirs or different items or stories about different cultures, and that allows you to experience something new, but in the confines of your own home. So again, that's taking an old solution because subscription boxes and other sorts of, you know, delivery oriented services exist, but to a new problem because, you know, we can't travel. Moving on to the third framework that we talked about, which was bundling and unbundling. The most popular platforms for unbundling, which we saw a lot in the last maybe even decade, is the unbundling of Craigslist. So if you just go look at Craigslist, every single search bar, there's always someone that's niching, well, using the niching one again, on that specific line. So if you think of ride sharing, there's Lyft and Uber that actually already existed on Craigslist. You can think of women's apparel, dating, different jobs, finding legal advice, different services. You can think of so many different things that have replaced each of these. You have Thumbtack that have replaced home services, Airbnb, if you're looking for um, a place to stay, lots of different shopping platforms if you're looking for secondhand apparel. So that's one of the things that you can do, or you can unbundle even a bank. You see a lot of neobanks that offer better saving rates, offer more crypto trading, offer transferring money that's more user-friendly, etc. So you can definitely build products just looking at that specific demographic and what that problem is solving and do it much better and more user-friendly. Yeah, cool. And then the last framework we had was the concept of a productized service. And so if you were to look at any service that's out there, whether it's landscaping, copywriting, et cetera, if you could figure out a way of turning that into a, a reproducible model with consistent pricing and some sort of brand element to it, that's what we think of as a productized service. So one example is if you had a copywriting service where if you know you said, give me 500 words of just like anything that's relevant to your company. And I'll turn that into a thousand or 1500 word blog posts. And so you're taking a consistent inputs and you're saying, okay, I'm going to make this into something that's going to be much more uh, palatable to your audience. Once you give me the criteria, you know, what's the demographic, what's the sort of voice that I should be speaking in. Give me some key details about what I should be talking about. And then I'm going to turn that into something new. And, and that's the, that's a service there. So that's something that you can make very consistent because you're controlling the inputs, you're already specifying the outputs, and then you just put a pricing model around that. And so that's the productized service framework. Yeah. That's the four frameworks that we actually list on the ebook, but really there's just a lot of different ways to ideate, like looking at different trends, understanding customers better and empathizing with them, things that we don't mention. But I think that at least for me, the biggest tip that I can get when ideating is to really focus deep down on who you're solving a problem for. Because I think it's super, super easy to come up with different solutions and ideas, but the problem itself needs to really exist. Yeah. What's yeah, your best piece it, of advice? I like that one. I also say people often, especially in the startup world, when you look at like Y Combinator, they'll say, make sure that you're uh, building a painkiller and not a vitamin, right? So to your point on solving a real problem, you want it, it's usually a better path to solve something that's like an urgent 
must have, you know, must be solved rather than kind of a nice to have like this thing might make my life a little bit better, but like I wouldn't go out of my way to seek it. So, so seek out the painkillers, not necessarily the vitamins. I'm actually curious, how would you think about creating more painkillers solutions for those that seem to already have everything, right? That are living in the first world and making a lot of money and everything seems to be like a extra nice yeah, to have. That's, that's a good question. I know like on another podcast, there was an entrepreneur named James Altucher. And I remember him saying that one of his practices is just to keep a notebook and just like every day write down like 10 things that bother me about the world, right? And so then you're kind of tuning yourself in to look like kind of seek out problems, which I think is a good practice, right? Where even when you're living very comfortably where you have a well-paying salary or you don't have to worry about like existential things, there's probably things that annoy you about like day-to-day life. And if you can actually like take note of that, I think over time you'll, you'll either discover trends or you'll see like one thing that, you know, is actually pretty painful and you're like, oh yeah, this actually probably needs to be solved. And my experience is probably reproducible. And that's where you can then start to dig a little bit deeper, look for other people that may be facing that issue and start to interview them and understand, you know, how they're currently solving it. Mm. I think a good way to look at it is looking at what are the things that cause me pain? Is it things that I spend a lot of time on that all of a sudden things that I've recently been paying for have been things that I would rather someone pay someone else to do than I do myself because I really just don't like doing it or it, I just really think it takes me way too long and my time could be better spent elsewhere. And something that I've been doing a lot is actually trying to outsource my life. I've just recently hired a fashion stylist on Fiverr because I just hate shopping and I want someone to help me rebuild my closet. And I know that if I can only have seven outfits in my suitcase, it's going to take me a good three days more to decide on a single outfit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the reason I I would, I I like that. I think making it, having a journal, just having like an idea journal helps for that because at least from personal experience, like I think if, if you just told me, you know, Jay, like list out the 20 things that bother you right now, or like the 20 problems that you have, I probably wouldn't have like the most painful things may not even come to mind for me. And so like, if you probably little things, exactly. They're little annoyances first, but those probably aren't painkillers, right? They're like, if you built something there, it'd probably just be a vitamin. I may not actually pay for it. So if you can make it a practice where you're constantly thinking in that way with that sort of frame of mind, I think it helps because then you can look over a week or two weeks or a month and say, okay, this thing keeps coming up. Cool. Let's move on to some other of our favorite ideas that we really wish someone would build because the ones that I listed right here are all things that actually Owen and I my partner and I have actually built or tried to build, started to build and even bought a domain for, but we just like have not gone around to finishing mm-hmm. it. We actually have domains on these. So nice. we're happy to give them away potentially too. <laughs> but Jamar, why don't you start? Okay, cool. So one is one idea that we cover in that ebook is home office in a box. So this which framework did we say? I think it's like a bundling. I think it's, yeah, it's a bundling. Yep, exactly. So if you were to think about a current trend is, you know, everyone's working from home and companies have to figure out how they're going to provide either a perk or allocation budget for their employees to build out their home office. So, you know, when you 
thing about home office, like when I look at my setup, I have like a, a table that, that's a, both a standing and sitting desk. I have like my monitor arms. I have a, a secondary monitor, you know, need my notebooks, etc. There's a bunch of things that I need to like be able to do my job. And for most people, you know, they they are going to have to buy all of those things separately. There's not a lot of guidance on what's the proper setup, like what size desk do you get, et cetera, et cetera. So there's an opportunity for a service to exist that bundles all of those things and makes it like a one-stop shop for home office, a home office in a box, if you will. And that would be super convenient because it allows individuals to just go to one single source and find a catalog for everything that they need for, you know, for their space. Once you give certain sorts of like specifications or for companies, if they wanted to allocate a specific budget and they say, you know, you can choose from like these five arrangements, it allows companies to quickly deploy and know that all of their employees will have a similar setup, right? There's not going to be one employee who just like wanted to save a little money and so decided to forego a monitor. But now that employee is working much slower than everyone else. I didn't think that like when you came up with this idea, when we were brainstorming that this was going to be a company that held inventory or like, you know, when you just mentioned you go to one place and you can choose one of like five setups. And they don't necessarily um, have to hold size. the inventory, right? They they, yeah. they just have to have the catalog. Right, 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 right. Oh, okay. Because like what I was envisioning is, so there's a lot of companies now that offer like budget for like, you know, go grab lunch because we can't provide lunch in the office anymore. Mm -hmm. And so there's, I actually know a company in Ottawa that's doing this. They've since pivoted, but they used to just do office snacks. And then they pivoted to a partnership with Uber Eats, Save the Dishes, but also like Staples, et cetera, where you can allocate a certain budget in each category of spend. And then you have this one credit card and the company kind of pays for it. I think like a mix of certain partnerships would be really good for companies because they usually save on like bulk pricing as well, yeah. which is something that I think companies will really struggle with getting their employees to pay market rate for mm. laptops and chairs and et cetera. I think True. that's a huge, huge part of the budget. And there's no really great solution for this because you definitely need a lot of consistency and similar purchases. Mm -hmm. There's this company Rippling. I think, I can't remember if they do the hardware stuff, but they they try to bundle solutions for onboarding and offboarding. I didn't even think about offboarding. I don't think people think about that enough. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's, you own a lot of equipment. I think you can tailor some office stuff to office setup equipment in this box mm -hmm. to those that actually want to travel around. I yeah. think a lot of solutions right now are to buying, to giving a budget to join a co-working space, et cetera. Maybe sure. that can be kind of like a center. You can partner with a few in different cities where you have to drop off your monitor and all your extra things. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, you're absolutely right. If you didn't hold inventory, it it's a doable one, but there's a lot of logistics involved, right? There's a lot of figuring out how to get stuff from point A to point B, getting stuff from point B, possibly back to point A. So that would probably be the challenge here. I think how I would go about doing this as like testing for an MVP is actually just using like affiliate linking. I would mm -hmm. still try to get a partnership for an affiliate with like Dell or like Apple or whatever that you can like kind of bulk buy, yep. like creating a marketplace where like anyone can order and offering like a certain amount of discount without actually getting people to list just to track how many orders you can actually drive. Yeah. I think another thing that you could do is if you just wanted to test, like, do people lack the knowledge of their home office setup? You could make some sort of like quiz style thing, like, you know, 
do you have these 10 things in your your home office or something like that which would at least allow you to to understand you know is there interest do people have the proper setup are they missing certain things and then you could piggyback off of that doing some of the things that you mentioned in terms of like testing selling specific things first um, and then bundling over time as one option. And since we talked about kind of this in a box format, do you want to talk about another similar bundled service? Yeah, just oh, Kidpreneur yeah. in a box is also on our list. I, I'm in the kids entrepreneurship space. My first venture was I raked leaves for my neighbors, but I didn't even know where I was supposed to rake these leaves. So one day my mom came back to my whole street